0: Father, we just come to you, Lord. We just want to say once again, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for bringing all of us through, Lord. Just your hand upon us that have preserved us. Just your hand upon us that has empowered us. Just your hand that prospered us your hand that provided for us, Lord. We are here once again in your presence to say, Father, we love you, Father, we just thank you. Ministry of the Word, open our hearts and our minds, Lord, for the entrance of your Word brings light. Speak to us. And Spirit of God, that even the little ones receive something from you, because no one who comes into your presence goes hungry. They are all fed, and they are all satisfied. Help us to sit, Lord, in your presence. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the little ones are there? Okay. Little ones, if you talk, you will be seated here, okay, special seat for you, where your parents will be able to see you, <laughs> they're hiding their heads nicely, <laughs> so we are back in the classroom, teaching session, not preaching, preaching maybe tomorrow, today is teaching, and... uh We saw past two Saturdays on being just and it is not a small thing. So this third Saturday we continue on being just because it's in eternity when we reach we will suddenly realize probably for believers it was one of the biggest issues in life because of who God is because God is just. And he's just in everything he does. Everything. And it is not an external system to which God tries to follow. It is not a standard God tries to adhere to, because he is the standard. It flows from who he is. And we saw that was one of the qualifications for the elders. In Romans eight nine, eight twenty nine, the Bible says, "For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son." And one of the facets of that image is Jesus is just. God is just. The Bible says in Isaiah that He will judge in righteousness, judge just, righteousness. They are synonyms. In First Corinthians chapter nine, verses twenty four. To 26, he says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the price? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the price is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, but thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. So policy making is very sure. You see, see, when you're going through life, because the system is unjust, because the whole world lies in the power of the wicked one, the unrighteous, evil one, and the system itself is corrupt, though there are righteous people in the system, overall, everything is corrupt. We tend to decide, okay, what's the point? The point is here. We are running for something bigger than anything this life can offer. We are running for a price that is incorruptible. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, he who wrote that verse says, I have got the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the fight. And you know what is laid for me? He says, it's laid for me is the crown of righteousness. Remember, the scepter of his kingdom is the scepter of righteousness. And those who finish We are justified positionally, but those who finish what you say, just in their thinking, in their thoughts, in their words, in their actions, are conformed to the image of God, Share in his authority for the first thousand years and then for eternity. In that thousand years, God says, at the end of that thousand years, everybody will be just. The rest will be destroyed because on the third day, he says, I will be perfected. He will be perfected. His body will be perfected. So everything has to be factored into this. That's why we are called to live by faith and not by sight. Sight will compromise. What's the point? What's the point? Like, you know, we had a discussion on CBSC ranks, you know, and of course, the mother is upset with the son got only 96%. Okay, because uh, why? Because you know, now somebody a child, somebody's child who did not study, mother will say, "Hallelujah." Okay, but a child who has worked and worked and worked and worked, and there is no exam, and on some criteria, you give that child ninety six, the child will feel upset. You know what? I wasn't expecting ninety six. I was expecting something around ninety eight or ninety nine. Okay, but. Okay. <laughs> You need to understand. Now, okay. Now, when you stand before God, you cannot say, "Lord, please, I came from the corona batch." He says, "Wait a second. <laughs> it should have actually helped you to even more just." What will look as disadvantages, uh, disadvantages on planet Earth, factors for your righteousness in the kingdom of God? Those things work not against, work for us. Okay, please remember. So, in Titus one eight, one one of the uh, criteria is we looked at being hospitable, being good, being sober-minded, and one is be just. And we saw that. It all begins, okay? It doesn't matter how just you are before you are saved. It's good. It's good. But it does not factor in. Okay, it doesn't factor in. Okay, all those disciplines, that's why we train our children, our children are except maybe, we do not know only God knows, maybe they are saved (laughs) we do not know, because our children could be saved, because the atmosphere they have grown in they might be already saved and if they, we should actually baptize them, okay, age is not the criteria, your heart is, okay and, but if they are not, they are being taught, what is the kingdom of God, okay kingdom of god and then when they get saved positionally we know romans 5:1. god justifies a person okay justifies the person a person who grows up in the system of a just home a just church a just environment when he is declared righteous by god for him learning is easier He doesn't have to um, like, fight many battles in their mind. That is the reason we need to understand. It becomes very, very easy, whether you are a Joseph or a Daniel. When you are thrown into the world, it's very easy because it was all taught that way. Okay, So understand what's happening. That's why I encourage children to come when they are learning. The day they get saved, it will be like, okay, so this was it. Well, I always knew it. Okay, like for those who, it's not like they came from darkness into light. Our children are not growing in darkness, our children are growing in light. Okay, Growing in light and one day the light will enter into their soul, they get saved and they will realize this is the way it is. But positionally, you need to realize all of us are first justified by God based only on the work of Jesus Christ, only one dog. Well, the 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 flip side of it is that uh, they may think, why do I have to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved? You know, that's the other side of it. Well, I am good. How can I become better than this? Okay, that is the flip side of it. That is why we always have to point to the cross; otherwise, it can be dangerous. Okay, there's the good side and the bad side. The devil is always at work. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. Okay, he's always at work on the good and the bad and the ugly. He's always working on them. So the flip side is it. They have to be always pointed back to the goodness of God, the righteousness of God and the cross. They always have to be pointed back to that. It is not by your goodness. It is by the goodness of God and God alone we are saved. Okay, now we go to today to Ecclesiastes 7.20 and we'll continue from there. Okay. For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Okay, so please remember, there is not a single just man on earth who does good and does not sin. What does it mean they are not just men? You know, when God calls somebody just, he has to be consistently just and never sin at all. And there has never been such a man. Okay, so our idea of just is that we... We justify ourselves by comparing ourselves with somebody else. But that God doesn't. God says, if you ever that's what he told Job also. You want to compare? Compare yourself with me. You know? And Job's reaction is, oh, you're, you're slightly better than me. It's not that he says, you know, I shut my mouth, <laughs> I hide my face, and I repent, I abhor myself. No, that is one of the best men who ever lived on earth. God testifies to his character one of the best men who ever lived walked on earth he looks at God and he says you know what I abhor myself I realize no there is no justice in me so that's what the Bible is saying that remember there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin okay that is why we need first to be justified by God if you look into the Bible uh, in the Old Covenant or in the entire Bible, the first man to be called just is Noah. The first man to be called just is Noah. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. It does not mean he was perfect like God. Compared to his generations, he was perfect. And Noah walked with God. But then you have to look at it in context. Okay, Noah was a just man. Verse 5, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Every thought of the thoughts, intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And verse 11, The earth was also corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Okay, now why is this important? Because then only we will understand the importance of verse 9. Noah was a just man in his generation. You look at a world where every other person is wicked. His thoughts, his words, his life is wicked, and the actions are violent. In the middle of it, one man chooses to be just. You want to talk about peer pressure? This is peer pressure. Man chooses to be just. That is why we have to look at in context. You have to look at in context. Not that he was just for a year. He was just for six hundred years when it is being written. In the midst of an unbelievably powerless generation. Okay. So everything has to be looked in contest. And that's what God is talking about. Can you, can we handle that kind of pressure? So the question is, how did He manage it? How did He manage to be just in His generation? A generation, not only their thought, but even their intent. Thought, intent, words, action, everything is evil and their actions are violent in the middle of it is one man standing literally last man standing and he is just in his generation and the answer is given there how did he how did he become just in his generation noah walked with god noah walked with god okay you need to understand it is in walking with god that we discover everything including the power to stand alone no. If you don't walk with God, you cannot stand alone. You will stand with the crowd. Okay. No, I had two choices. Walk with the crowd or walk with God. He walked with God. Therefore, he stood alone in his generation. See, we try to stand alone. No, that is the result of a walk. It's the result of a walk. Okay. I'm gonna stand. And God says, you cannot. You will stand alone only if you walk with me. If you walk with me, you will always stand alone you always stand alone, okay, in your generation. In Amos 3.3, 3, the Bible says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Okay, so whatever he knew, he did not know all that we know today. Whatever he knew about God, from God, he agreed with it. Okay, he agreed, he agreed with God. How do you walk with God? A simple thing. How do you walk with God? Because we use this term "walk," and in the sight, walk means two people are walking. But that's not what it means by walking with God. What does it mean to walk with God? Like, uh, how does a husband and wife walk together? <laughs> They're always holding hands and walking together. What a boring life! Nothing will get done in the house. Okay, it is not that they agree. They agree. Okay, they agree. And that is basically the conflicts in a marriage. And the conflicts are God ordained. Because if you do not have those conflicts and process those conflicts, you'll never become one. You'll never become one. Okay? You'll never become one. You cannot become one. Okay? That's where the conflicts conflicts will come. But how do you resolve those conflicts is not which one, but becoming like God. Okay, Adam and Eve were not to become like each other. They were like, become like the one with whom they walked. And when they fell, the Bible says, when they heard his footsteps, they ran away. They ran away. All these days, we don't know how long they had been walking with God. But when they fell, they ran. They were not walking with God anymore. And immediately you will realize conflict came in the family. In the couple. Conflict came in. Adam is accusing. Eve is accusing. Rift has come. Conflict has come. You know why the conflict came? Because both of them stopped walking with God. That's where the conflict came. Till they walked with God. They listened to God, agreed with Him. And lived together in that garden. There was no conflict between them because there was no conflict with God. But the minute conflict with with God came in, conflict came into the family. So always married people over here, whenever there is conflict between you and your spouse, just go back and see where do you disagree with God, not where you agree with each other. Go and see where do you disagree with God and the conflict can be resolved. That's what Solomon says, a threefold cord cannot be broken, cannot be easily broken. Okay, You have to go, and if you look at the cord, there is this middle strand to which the other two are intertwined. That's what the Bible is talking about. So the power comes because Noah agreed with God. And Noah therefore walked with God, and therefore he was just in his generations, while all the others disagreed with God, and they walked in rebellion. Okay, And in Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, the famous words that we have, the Bible says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Okay. What is living by faith? If you live by faith, you know what? You're walking with God. You're no different than Noah or any of them. If you live by faith, you're walking with God. If you live by faith, you're agreeing with God because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. It's as simple as that. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God, and you live by faith. God says you are just. See, it is it is connected. The just shall live by faith and the f- ones who walk by faith are just. So it is <clears throat> John Wesley who said, it is easy to be religious when religion is the fashion. See, 50, 30, 40, 50 or less than years ago, everybody was proud in the U.S. to be called a Christian. Now their test has come. Now their test has come. Are you a Christian? Are you a Bible-believing Christian? Where you will not turn to the left or to the right, you accept that as the word of God and suddenly they are under pressure. And you see people, pastors buckling, senior, senior, senior men of God, unable to stand alone. They are not able to stand alone. They are buckling under the pressure. Okay, It hasn't come to us yet. It will come. It come. It's coming in little, little waves, it is coming. And the question is, everybody is religious when religion is fashion. But in China, atheism is fashion. So there to be a Christian is not easy. So the question is, what happens when Christianity is no longer fashionable? How do you choose to be a just person, just by faith, not just as though society accepts you just? In the society, the modern society, which is based on the philosophy of humanism, if you are tolerant, you are just. If you are tolerant of what God calls sin, you are just. But if you are intolerant of what God calls unjust, Sin. Even though you are a merciful, kind, compassionate person simply because you do not agree to certain things because the Bible calls it, you know what, you will be called unjust. Unjust. Okay, That is what we are talking about the pressure that comes. So how do you choose to be a just man in an unjust society? Okay, And that's the pressure Noah was facing. We're not studying on Noah. we're just passing reference, okay? I know, I think I have told about this old illustration a classroom teacher gave. You know, he had 10 kids come in and he had spoken to 10, 9 of them. But to the 10th one, he did not speak about it. He drew lines, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, this is okay, And there was this line and there was the second one, which was a little shorter. So he asked... Which is the longest line on the board? One or two? The boy to whom he hadn't spoken said one. All the others he had already told them to say two. So nine of them said two. And the boy looked around and he said two. Though it's very clear over there. But the pressure Nine of them are saying two. Okay, nine of them are saying two. You no, know, how can nine be wrong? Right? that's. that's I said this is the tyranny of democracy. How can the majority be wrong? Right? How can the majority be wrong? That's what the Israelites thought. How can two fifty of our leaders be wrong and Moses be right? Right. This is pressure, this is pressure. This is what God is talking to us Will you stand on this alone? Everybody says this is wrong, and you're looking, how can it be wrong? This is what saved me, and I know I am saved. I know this saved me. Now you are telling me this is wrong, if this is wrong, then I am not saved, but I am saved. How can this be wrong? okay? The pressure we will face, we are facing, and it's enormous pressure. Okay, bend, bow or burn. Be mocked, be rejected, lose out. Or today's term, be cancelled. Okay, and children face our children because of right now COVID, there is no pressure. Pressure is for parents. You know what the pressure for parents is? Only the children will go to school so they could become as they were. Now the parents have to be very careful because children are watching them 24-7. And fathers are also working from home. Mothers are working from home. So even when they have fight, they have to be careful. Children are watching. Only they could really fight. Use Sanskrit and all that. Now children are Hmm? (laughs) watching. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, yeah. suddenly, yeah. So we face it in the office also suddenly when I come through the door there is silence people who are dancing and all dancers <laughs> stop <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 suddenly those who are dancing words everything okay. I am not saying you shouldn't have fun but what I am talking about do you realize the pressure? Never. Co- I mean, if you look at it, all these things are good things. COVID is a good thing. No, It's a good thing. Parents and children all realize, you know what? Dad and mom are the same 24-7. They are the same 24-7, no? At church, at school, at work, everywhere, no? We are just. Pressure. I'm telling you, pressure is really, really, really coming. And Bible says, Noah was a just man. In Psalm 37 and verse 37, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. The end of that man is peace. It doesn't say the beginning and the middle is peace. He was scoffed, he was mocked, he was humiliated, he was standing there alone by faith and doing what God had called him to do, but the end of it is peace. Okay. When judgment came, the rain started falling. That is when he had peace. All the, There's a day of judgment coming. Because people will ask, what's the point of being just in this unjust society? All you stand is loose, you are mocked, you are humiliated. If these our children, if they were to go to a regular school and behave as they behave now, they are going to be mocked. But they don't even know what the world is like. They have no clue what the world is like. Their peers out there in the world are like, you know, how much pressure it will be for them to conform. That's a pressure. Like Pastor Vijay, we keep on saying, the pressure on young people. No? no, You look at all the young people, even in our church, they are looking for the Holocaust. You know? Atomic bomb coming. In. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Okay. Oh <my> <laughs> Even if they don't, <laughs> even, even if they don't believe, read the word, it shows at <laughs> their heads. Okay, what is the pressure? What is this so much pressure? Okay, so much pressure. We are not talking about the children in the world. We are talking about children who are growing up in the church. The pressure to look like the world and not to look different. To look different, you know. And Noah is standing out, literally in his world, he's standing out like a, what you call a sore thumb. Okay, standing out like a sore thumb. And that word over there, behold the upright. The upright, that term, is a term that is used for a person who's just. Who's just, who's righteous. He's upright. Okay. Or think about Joseph. Right? In Egypt. Joseph in Egypt. In Genesis thirty-seven, verse six and seven, he said to them, "Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Behold, my sheaf ro- arose and s- also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf." Okay, I was this morning. Not connected with this. Was reading a man of God. I don't even know his name. Dead and gone. He's saying that blessed are the young ones who receive dreams from God when they're young to be upright in life before they grow old and they have messed up and crying out to Lord for mercy. Blessed are the young ones who reap dreams and revelations from God, the greatness of being upright when you are young. Huh? And here is a young man, 17-year-old man, receiving a vision from God, what it means to be upright. Even when all the other sheaves are bent down, you are standing upright. Okay. You are standing upright. Okay. And that's what God is talking about, you no? Know? And if you look at this young man, he was upright among ten evil brothers. He was upright among a whole set of slaves. I'm definitely sure none of them are righteous. Okay. And he was upright in a prison that was full of criminals. <laughs> no? you know why? Because he chose to walk with God alone. If you look at the reason, is because he chose to walk with God. But the Bible says Joseph walked with God. No, this is a result of something else. Okay, this is not a result of effort. This is a result of walking with God. <laughs> okay, so the question is: Can we handle pressure? Look at Matthew 27 and 19. Another person, another dream. While you are sitting where? On the judgment seat. He's sitting on the judgment seat. On a judgment seat, what are you supposed to be? Just. Okay. You're sitting on the judgment seat. You're the judge. You're sitting on the judgment seat. You're supposed to be just. His wife sent to him saying, I have nothing to do with that just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. The question is, is he just? He condemns a just man. Okay. Why? Because he couldn't handle the pressure. The crowd is baying for Jesus' blood and he's looking at his position. If this report goes back to Rome and they send a bat, I will lose my position. You know what? Let me condemn. Let him condemn this just man. Okay. He couldn't handle the pressure. Couldn't handle the pressure. And that's what the Bible is talking about, you know. Because when you want to stand upright, when you want to stand alone, when you want to be just, there will be tremendous pressure upon you. Pressure upon you to compromise. Tremendous pressure. Whatever level you are in, there will be pressure. That's what I said. Even children, there will be pressure. They will be mocked. They will be left alone. They will be ridiculed. the lunchtime can be the most horrible time. Nobody will sit with you. You will be bullied. You have to face all these things. And the question is, can they handle it? Okay. Can they handle it? Okay. And it it continues that way. If you look at Joseph, he did not stop. You think it stopped when he became prime minister. Yes, he's the prime minister. But if you look at the record, he's sitting alone and eating. But the Egyptians don't eat with the Hebrews. Right? When his brothers come over there, Joseph is eating alone. And his Egyptians... The ones serving in the court are eating separately and his brothers, he served them separately and he's eating separately. Why? Because Egyptians don't eat with Hebrews. I know. And why is he, why is he eating separately? Even though he has reached the exalted position, he refused to compromise. I'm still a Hebrew. I will not become an Egyptian because I have been given an Egyptian seat. It's a Hebrew sitting on an Egyptian seat. This is something which you should never forget. God may take us up in the world. He may prosper you in the world. But never forget that seat is Egyptian. But the man is Hebrew. Amen. And therefore, if I have to sit alone, I will sit alone. Sit alone. The seats in this world are Egyptian seats. okay? Because the ruler of this world is not God. It is the devil. The government is upon his shoulder. Overall he is controlling. But right now the ruler of this world is the devil. So all the seeds are Egyptian seeds. But remember, when we sit on one of those positions which in the world we get, remember we are always Hebrews. Who is a Hebrew? It's not say he is a Jew. He is a Hebrew. A Hebrew is somebody who crossed the river. That's a Hebrew. Hebrew meaning somebody who crossed the river, meaning there's no turning back. He's somebody who's put a hand on the plow and said, I will never turn back. I will never turn back. The word used is not, you cannot be a Jew until you are a Hebrew first. You have to cross the river first before you can truly praise God. Truly praise God. If God has to accept my praise and your praise, we should have crossed the river first saying no turning back. There is no turning back. Okay, and that's what the Bible is talking about—the pressure he is facing. And Pilate buckled under the pressure. Okay, buckled under the pressure. We know this is why. This is why. You see, Peter buckled under pressure. I will not deny you. No, I will not. you. No, these guys may, but I will not. But actual position. When it came to that servant girl, also, he denied Jesus. Was he upright? No, he wasn't upright. You are sitting upright. Okay. That is what we need to, that's why we need to cling on to God. We cannot have a righteousness apart from God. You are standing on your self-righteousness. No, I will not. And he buckled under pressure. Buckled under pressure. And if we are standing on our own righteousness, I am a just man in all that I do. I am just. You know what? When pressure comes, we'll buckle. But if you are leaning on God and his righteousness, when the pressure comes, you know what? He will hold us up. He will hold us up. He will hold us up. And that's what happens. (coughs) A just man, an upright man is not perfect like God. No. Only thing, he is blameless before God. How does he become blameless? Proverbs 24 verse 16. For a righteous man, a just man, an upright man may fall seven times. Difference is he rises again. How does he rise again? He rises in repentance. Repentance is how you rise. But a self-righteous man never repents. Have you noticed a self-righteous man never repents? He just justifies himself. This is why I did it. He doesn't repent. See, a righteous man, a man who has been considered righteous by God, justified by God, when he falls, he does not justify himself because you know what? He's not looking at the person. He's looking at God. The self-righteous man is not looking at God, he's looking at the other. You are the reason I fell. The other man, when he falls, he says, Lord, have mercy on me, because I fell before your eyes. Okay. That is what David says. Honestly, David says, because if David were, if if you look at Psalm 51, we don't have to go over there if you look at the at the timing of Psalm 51. Nobody is accusing David. Nobody is accusing This piece of the kingdom. Uriah is dead. It's his wife. The whole nation thinks he's a righteous man. But then Nathan has a voice of God, comes and says, you are that man. Now you have to stand before God. Other kings in Israel's history, they were not bothered because none of them was walking with God or standing before God. So it didn't bother them. Anybody came and said, you are that man, they said, put him in prison. Okay? Put him in prison. But David is a man who walks with God who has walked with God and has stopped for a season and will continue to walk with God. Therefore, he says, against you and you alone, I have sinned. Whichever has no problem. Court has no problem. Nation has no problem. But the problem is, Lord, you have a problem. You have a problem. And unless that is settled, I will still be unjust. I will be still. So, he says, he will rise again. He will rise again. So, a righteous man is not a perfect man like we are talking about God he's a man who will fall but he will rise he will rise he will know what it is to seek okay he will repent he will turn back he will make a restitution he will change his life Okay, understand that, otherwise, we will think about sinless perfection. No, that's not what the Bible is talking about. How do you continue to be just because the Bible says, "Be, be just." Remember, uh two Saturdays back, we had this letter from this mother from Australia about disciplining her sons. She's a single mother with two children, and one of her uh, the younger one is has uh, got a little issue. I mean, it's low. ADHD, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, single mothers or single parents have too much pressure because they have to handle the home, the work, making the resources, everything. So she says, uh, sometimes uh, she loses it, okay, loses it. And she looks at the elder one standing there stunned, the younger one crying. But then she said something. She said at the end of the day, after this thing, she goes and asks them for forgiveness, Ask them for forgiveness. Now think about us as parents. When was the last time we told our children we are sorry, we were wrong? I like that part of that mother's letter. I tell my son, I'm sorry, you were wrong, but I was also wrong. I shouldn't have lost it. I shouldn't have got angry with you. I should have told you this is it and been firm with you. And there is peace and there is reconciliation. No, Think about it. See, that's what I'm talking about. Why is it so important? Because, no, the children grow up practically experiencing what justice, what it is to be just. Okay? What it is to be just, what justice is. They practically experience. The children don't understand, they see. They don't understand, they see. They see what happens in the home, they see. They don't understand. You tell them, do this, do this. It's like multiplication tables. They memorize it. They don't understand it. Our children all can sing hymns. They don't understand one sentence in it. But they see. They don't have to be taught justice. They have to see justice. They have to see justice. They see it. okay. And I believe Joseph saw in his father. His father is just. He saw his father is a hardworking man. He saw it is just. He saw okay, his brothers are all unjust. Mamas are also kind of unjust. All this, but you know what? In the middle of it, my father is a just man. You know what? If his father was unjust, let me tell you this thing. If his father was an evil man, if father was an unjust man, when his brothers talked about evil about it, he would have kept quiet. Anyway, he is evil. See, that's not what, who my father is. That's not who my father is. No. So Joseph had a model in his house, and that was his father. That was his father. You know? That was his father. The simple lessons, <clears throat> not what God says in Isaiah 26 and verse 7. The way of the just is uprightness. O most upright, you weigh the path of the just. You are the who? The most upright. The way of the just is uprightness. Oh most upright, you weigh the path of the just. Meaning what? You will always make a way for them. You'll always make a way for them. And you will see. It didn't matter what the system did to Joseph. God always made a way for Joseph. You know why? Because you're imitating somebody. And he's the most upright. You weigh the path of the just. In Hebrews 11 and verse 7, it says, By faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Okay, why was he warned? Why was he warned? Nobody else was warned. Why? Go back to the previous verse. The way of the justice, uprightness. Noah was just. He was upright. The most upright weighed his path. He knew he was going to destroy this world. So he told Noah, get ready. Mm -hmm. Get ready. Prepare. I don't want you to be destroyed among them. I don't want you to be destroyed among them. So he was warned. Today, let's look at another character. We looked at Noah, Joseph, small, just five minutes each. Matthew 1, verse 18 onwards. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So verse 18 says, he was encased to her. You know, Jewish, we all have heard enough, studied enough. Jewish betrothal is a big thing. Okay? You don't get encased today and married tomorrow. It's a long, drawn-out thing. Okay? So he's encased to her. And when he's encased to her, he gets to know We don't know how he gets to know. Maybe she told him. He gets to know she's pregnant. She's pregnant. It is not like today. Today unmarried girl gets pregnant. It's not a big deal at all because the society accepts it. Mothers take their daughters for abortion. Forget daughters going on their own. Okay. So this is a different Culture altogether. The unmarried girl. Or the girl who is encased is, is pregnant. And look at him. Okay. For him, everything falls apart. Falls apart. Okay. He's married. He's going to be married. And he knows. I haven't touched that girl. Okay. You know you are innocent. Now you know the other is guilty because she is pregnant. She is pregnant. I don't know what Mary told him. And Mary comes and tells him, you know what, I am pregnant, but it is of the Holy Spirit. What do you say? Okay. What do you say? Even if you know your Old Testament by heart, it only says the virgin shall conceive. It doesn't say anything about the Holy Spirit. So what do you do? He has many choices. One is Deuteronomy 22. If a young woman who is a virgin is betrothed to a husband and a man finds her in the city, lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of the city. You shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry out in the city. The man, because he humbled his neighbor's wife, so you shall put away the evil from among you. In this case, he doesn't know who the man is. But the woman is still there. The so one, because he's a Jew, under the law, he can recourse to the law. The thing is, she dies. Second thing, under the law, if you know that I didn't give it, you can give her a bill of divorce. Or third thing is equally worse. He can say, she is saying God impregnated her. That is blasphemy. She will be still killed. But note one thing. When we resort to the law, 1 Timothy Okay, This is the law. Knowing that the law is not made for a righteous person. You have the law backing you up. But the law is not made for the righteous man, but for the lawless. If Joseph goes to the law and says, this is what the law does, then you are not a just man. You are not a righteous man. The law is for the unrighteous though it's not for the righteous. This is where we have to be very, very careful, okay, about being legalistic. Very, very careful. Because sometimes we vindicate ourselves by quoting the law. But God says, when you vindicate yourself by quoting the law, you are actually judging yourself as lawless. Because the just... Do not live by the law. He lives by faith. He does not live by the law. Galatians 3.11 No one is justified by the law in the sight of God. It's evident. No one is justified. For the just shall live by faith. (laughs) You may be justified before men if you go by the law. You'll never be justified before God. So here is poor Joseph, in torment, in agony. Yet, look at this, in the midst of all the hurt, he's thinking of being just. What is he thinking? Of putting her away secretly, quietly, causing as least harm as possible to Mary. What is he saying? What I have to be just. She is pregnant. James 1.13. Okay, I have to be just. She is pregnant. It cannot be questioned. She said that she is pregnant. Let no one... Oh, no. 2.13. 2.13. Not 1.13. 2.13. Okay? For he shall have judgment without mercy. that has showed no mercy. And mercy rejoice against judgment. Okay? He has to judge this situation. Because there is visible within court sin. She is pregnant. So there is sin. So you have to judge it. But you also have to show mercy. Okay, You cannot say it is okay. It is not okay. But you cannot throw her to the wolves. That also is not okay. That makes you a man who is under the law. So what did he try to do? He was being just. Upholding the righteousness of God. Yet allowing mercy to triumph. By putting her away quietly. Secretly. Okay. He's a just man. He's a just man. What he did not do is Romans twelve nineteen, dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. But rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. He did not take revenge. Usually in these situations, people just blow it up. The whole town will know. He's taking the revenge. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. Okay, he didn't take revenge. Okay, why with this situation over there? Because this is how the new covenant begins. God is saying similar, not in. Different kinds of situations we will run into life with people because all our issues are with people, okay? It's not with cats and dogs. It's with people. Dog you can kick, cat you can throw out. But what do you do with people? You have to live with them. And you will feel, you will go through situations. And when you're going through situations, of course, you can be absolutely right because you haven't erred under the law. That's not what God is looking for. God saying, Will you be just in that situation? How do you and I be just in any particular situation? It is not by looking at the law. It is by looking at the spirit of the law. What would God do? You know, a woman, a similar situation, a woman caught in adultery, was born and thrown before Jesus. They told him. What does the law say? Stone out of it. Anyone who has not sinned stone her what is he saying what did he mean by that anyone who has not sinned all of you standing here with the stones in your hand is saying she doesn't deserve any mercy okay okay so please remember this on that day it's a do you want mercy or judge or justice so everybody who is perfect without sin who doesn't need mercy can throw. Suddenly everyone realizes, I also need mercy. 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 Quietly they all went down. That is what he is saying. That is what God is saying. You know what? That is why he says, blessed are those who are merciful, they will obtain mercy. If He says, if you don't show mercy to somebody when they do, when they don't deserve mercy. There will be a day that will come to you when you need mercy and there will be nobody to show you mercy. Show you mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Everybody left. Then he asked them, is there anybody going to condemn you? She says, no. I also don't condemn you. Go, don't sin. Did he uphold the truth? Yes. You said, you're guilty. I know that. But you know what? I could judge you, but I'm not judging you because I'm going to show you mercy. Where she triumphs over judgment. Okay. So he in this situation is not taking revenge. is not avenging. It's a just man. So we need to understand in situation, what does it mean in a situation to be just and not right? If he takes her to the synagogue and says, this woman, bring her father also. This woman is pregnant. Do according to the law. Is he right? Yes, he's right according to the law. Here I give her a bill of divorce. Is he right? He's right according to the law. Or she is saying God impregnate her. That is blasphemy. Is he right? According to the law. But is he just? No. It's not just. Just is something who God is. Just is who something God is. And that is our struggle. Our struggle is that is it is easy to be legalistic, to keep the law. It is not easy to be just. And God has called us to live by faith, and when we live by faith, we are just. The just shall live by faith, and those who live by faith are continuously just. What does it? What does it mean by faith? What? Do, what will God do? What will God do? Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. What would God do? Well, what would you do in this situation? And Jesus has shown us through it all what He would do. So, verse twenty, Matthew one, verse twenty. And while he thought about these things, while he thought about these things, Proverbs fifteen twenty eight. the heart of the righteous man studies how to answer. My sister, this is a doctor in the Middle East, she will say, she's got many patients who are Patans, Pakistanis. They're simple people, okay, very simple people. But they don't think much. So their standard statement is <laughs> Okay. Okay. But a righteous man studies how to take a decision. He doesn't rush into anything. Okay. Much of our issues happen in life is because we rush into a decision. Okay, that's why James will also say, quick to listen, slow to speak. You should say even more slower to be angry. Because the wrath of man does not bring the righteousness of God, okay? He's not making a decision in anger. He's not making a decision in wrath. He's studying the situation. What is the best I can do in this situation for her? Though he's the victim. Who's the victim? He's the victim. What is he thinking about? What would be the best decision to take in this? Where I uphold justice. No, I'm not winking at sin, but also I am being just to that person. So I extend mercy that her life is not destroyed. Her life is not ruined. She is not killed. Ponders, studies how to answer. A righteous man. Okay, we need to understand. No? We don't have to jump into situations. We don't have to jump into most of the decisions we make in life can wait. <laughs> Honestly, think back about it. Now look back about the, the decisions you ran into make. Couldn't you have waited? <laughs> yeah. You could have even married one year late, nothing would have changed. There was all this almost Nothing. The only decision you should not delay is the decision to receive Jesus. Almost every decision in life, you can take its own time. Nothing will change. So This is what is happening. And most of the mistakes we all have made in our life when we are rushed into a decision. Especially when we are angry. Because when we feel we are victimized, we have been wronged. That is when we have to be even more slow. You no. Know, you see, when you know you are right, it does not matter whether you take a decision or not. Because it's not going to affect you. But when you know you have been wronged, slow down. He you knows he has been wronged. Honestly, if you look at him, what is there to so much think Joseph? She's pregnant. What is there to so much to think? You have option one, kill her. Option two, Divorce, her. Option three, says so she blasphemed. Option four, how do I take a decision where she is not harmed? Okay. The heart of the righteous man studies how to answer. The just man, the righteous man, the just man ponders his things through. He does not rush into judgment or decision. When he does, you know what happens? God comes through. That's what verse 20 says. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. God speak, comes through. Just think about it. Mary came And told him quietly, Joseph, I wanna tell you something. What? No. I am pregnant, it is of the Holy Spirit. And he loses it, pulls her by the hair in the movie style, beats her up, drags to her father. Everything is gone, no? Finished, no. Hmm? Finished. Now think about a situation. One of our children comes from school, done something, okay. Done something, whatever it is, stole somebody's pen or whatever, and comes and says, Mummy. I stole today. Or I told a lie today. Immediately. Wait a second. What do you do? Put it in any situation, anywhere. How do you will you react? Where you have to see justice is uphold and the mercy is shown. We are not Discarding justice here. Justice is, you know? The thing is that, that is what happens with parents. Parents discipline in anger. Oh, anger. In 1993, I wrote in my Bible, do not discipline your child in anger. Discipline in anger. Okay. Because when you discipline in anger, you usually lose it. You lose it. I lost it. Then to find it is very difficult. Hmm. That's what the Bible is talking about. When he thought about the course of action, God broke through. Imagine he had taken the action. God couldn't have spoken to him. It's a very different gospel story. But God doesn't make mistakes when he picks people. Okay? And told him about. It's interesting, right? That God speaks to Mary in person. And speaks to Joseph only in a dream. Why? Hmm? I wish God speaks to me in person. Do you think it's a great thing? God says, a man like Joseph, I don't need to appear in person. I just need to speak to him in a dream. He's a just man. He will receive it. Will receive it. You know how you know that? Look at verse twenty-one. Verse twenty-one. She will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Even when God is speaking, he knows he will obey. You shall call him Jesus. God is already assured of this man's obedience. She'll bring forth a son, and you shall call him Jesus. You're not asking any questions. Joseph, Mary is pregnant, but that's my child. Will you please take her? No question. He knows he will obey. He will obey. Okay. Psalm 112, verse 4. <clears throat> Under the upright there arises light in darkness. He was in a dark situation, really, really dark. He has no idea about Jesus coming or none of these things. He doesn't know even he's been picked to be part of this entire gospel narrative. He has no idea. All he knows is that he was engaged. And uh, this girl comes and tells you, you're pregnant. And he's thinking, okay, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And it breaks through in his dark because he's upright. Light arises in darkness. And you know what? It is talking about God, but it's also talking about Him. He's gracious, full of compassion and righteous. That's Joseph. He's righteous. He's gracious and is full of compassion. That is Joseph. Why is those so important? It's because, you know what? God did not use any means for his son other than the earthly parents he picked for him. And if you look back into Jesus' life, you know what Jesus is? He's righteous, he's gracious, he's compassionate. Who do you think he learned it from? His father. From his father on earth. He learned it all from his father. See, you can only learn the law from Torah. But you learn life from people. From people. This is what who is God picked a man for his son. Okay. In the New Testament, he's the only person other than Jesus who's addressed as son of David. Joseph is called by the angel son of David. So God did not randomly pick a man to mentor His Son on Earth. He picked a just man, a compassionate man, a gracious man, and a righteous man. Okay, we need to say, Lord, help me to be that. I want to be a compassionate man. I want to be a righteous man. I want to be a gracious person. You know why? Because we are also mentoring people, we are mentoring children, and all those children we mentor are God's children. It's like Christ. Christ is the firstborn among many. Joseph mentored the firstborn. We mentored the many. Okay? And we look at, because he is the most unrecognized person in the gospel story. But, you know what? Zachariah speaks, Elizabeth speaks, John speaks, Mary speaks. Everybody speaks. Joseph does not speak a word in the entire Bible. Not a word does he utter. It's not utter a word. The man God picked to father, not father in the physical sense, to train, to mentor, to bring his only son, doesn't speak a word in the Gospels. If you go to words 24, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. A just man is obedient to the voice of God. Okay? You are justified by faith. And the righteous, the just, will live by faith. And what does Paul say in the beginning and the end of the gospel according to Romans, the obedience that comes by faith. You got up, and you obeyed. All your doubts, your misgivings, your feelings, your emotions, everything has no place before obeying God. Put it all aside. Everything is put aside. He obeys God. Hmm. Note nothing has changed. In the eyes of the world, she's still pregnant. There is shame. There is stigma. Actually, now he's put himself in a worse position. If he had put her away publicly, if he had put her away secretly, he's still declared innocent. But now when he takes her, they will say, ah, either the kuch the He is not what we all thought he was. Okay. Yeah, that's what they call in you a shotgun wedding. Shotgun wedding. Oh, this man. Oh, you are such a righteous man. He acted so this thing. This is what happened. He kept his mouth shut. He didn't say anything. Do you know that Joseph never spoke, opened his mouth and ever spoke about Potiphar's wife? Could have vindicated himself. He kept his mouth shut. She screamed, she shouted, she told the whole world. He kept quiet. He didn't vindicate himself. Okay. In this case, he kept quiet and he obeyed the voice of the Lord. In the process, you are not considered righteous before man, but you are considered righteous before God. The just man obeys. Psalm 15 and verse 4. In whose eyes a wild person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. That last part. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Sometimes when God tells you to do certain things and when you know that is what it is, you do it even if it causes you personal injury. It causes you. Okay. It cost him, it cost Joseph. There's nobody to vindicate. Who's going to believe him or Mary's story? Nobody's going to believe. Okay. It will always remain. So there are stories floating around and you will see they were talking about Mary's illegitimate birth. Because Joseph is no longer over there, so they are casting aspirations on Jesus' character. Okay. So this is what he has to go through and this is what the Bible is talking about. When we stand for God, okay, when we stand for God and we know what it is just and we stand up for it, we are swearing to our own hurt. It is easy to go with the world. They will call you homophobe. But honestly, we are the people who love homosexuals. Not they. They don't love homosexuals. They say we hate transgenders. No, we are the ones who really love transgenders. Okay. okay? Because why? We know if they go that route, where they will end. So we have to tell them, please go to God. He will show mercy and you can come out. You know what? We are called names. But do we change our stand? No, we cannot change our stand. Okay, so what do we do? We swear to our own hurt. And we will see so many big people, big, big, big names in Christendom changing. You know why? They want, they don't want to be hurt. They want to be accepted. They want to be accepted. Okay. This is what the Bible is talking about. What does a just man do? See, when you talk about just, you are just only before God. You are not necessarily just before man. You just shut your mouth. And obey God. Because there is a day of vindication. That is not, I'm telling you the day of vindication is not in this side of life. It is on that side of life, the day of vindication. Because it doesn't matter what evidence, like even before, even if the court sets you free, the media has already crucified you. Today, trial is not in the court. The trial is in the media. And the pressure comes upon the courts to let the guilty off if the media says you are innocent. That's what happened in the US. In the past one and a half years, we saw that. The pressure to let off everybody who burned the cities and the towns calling it, it was racial iniquity. What has crime got to do with racial iniquity? Treat crime as a crime. No. The pressure was such, nobody was punished. Yet, 500 people are lying in isolation, many of them, over the Capitol Hill riots because of pressure from the media. Insurrectionists, armed insurrections. Both are federal buildings. This is also a federal building. Portland also was a federal building. This is a congress, that was a courthouse. Both are, if you look at it, they are all the same. But you know, the pressure is that. Punish them, punish them, teach them a lesson, punish them, punish them. You see, the trial was by the media. And because the trial is by the media, they are still lying in isolation, while on the other side, people who burned, looted, and murdered, nobody has been punished. So don't expect justice on this side. It will never happen. You will never be truly vindicated. Even if you are vindicated by the law, you will not be vindicated in the minds of people. But on that day, everyone will be vindicated. It will be absolutely clear. Everything will be shown as it is. Okay. It is not that it does, does not matter what people think, that people's thoughts will change because they will know the truth as it is. Okay. As it is. And that's what the Bible is talking about. You don't, that, what I said, you don't see Joseph speaking anything in the Bible, but you will see he's consistently obedient to the voice of God. Matthew one twenty four we saw. Then in chapter 2, Joseph did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Matthew 2, verse 13 to 14. When they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, stay there until I bring you word. And when he arose, he took this young child, his mother, by night, and he departed for Egypt. Again, verse 19. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the young child's life are dead. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, came into the land of Israel. But when he heard Achilles was reigning over Judea instead of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came into it in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by prophets: He shall be called a Nazarene. You see, four dreams. Okay, God spoke to him, and he is consistently obedient to the voice of God. So God did not make any accidents; He picked the right man, right man. Okay, and to the. Sisters sitting over here, married sisters with godly husbands or so whatever husbands you have. <laughs> you may not think he's is godly, but uh, you have husbands over here. The Lord's angel Gabriel personally appeared to Mary and told her about the incarnation, that you are going to be, bear the child of God. Okay, and That's the only time God spoke to her. She became pregnant. After that, God came in a dream and spoke to her husband Joseph. And after that, all the leading is by the man and not by the woman. Even though she may be the most blessed among the women, the angel does not speak to her in any dream. Understand pattern. If you are a just woman, you will follow your husband. I know it is difficult. What is, what is the answer? But my husband is not like Joseph. He doesn't dream at all. He only (laughs) snores. That is not the point. Okay. Even for Joseph and Mary, God does not change the pattern. Okay. Understand fundamental principles in the Bible, how God's kingdom works. You receive these things only by faith. You receive these things by faith. And you will say, but my husband is lazy. He's not interested. Pray. Pray. Okay, pray. You have two husbands and two wives in two generations. One is called Abraham. The other is called Isaac. And both have issues in the family. The issues are connected with the sons. Abraham has two sons called Ishmael and Isaac. And uh, Isaac has two sons called Jacob and Esau. In both cases, it's the fathers who goof up. It's not the mother. The fathers goof up. What happens is, in Abraham's case, Sarah intervenes, and God speaks to Abraham. God speaks to Abraham, meaning there's something hidden over there. She spoke to her husband, but probably she went back to God, and God spoke to him, and he took a decision. But in Isaac's case, Rebecca doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. Though her husband is wrong. The best thing to do by faith for women, when your husband is not hearing from God, is to go to God. Don't listen to you. Is to go to God. You know what? When God speaks to them, they will listen. And in the process you will see, one of the saddest stories in the Bible, we talk about Rachel. It's not Rachel, it's Rebecca. You know, you hear no record of Rebecca. We don't know when she died. You don't know when she's, her maid's burial is mentioned. Her burial is not mentioned. She just dies. It's not mentioned at all. You know, first I wasn't very sure. I searched many times, where is this Rebecca? Where is she? Just disappears. Just disappears like that. Okay. We know Rachel died. We know Rachel is buried and all that. What about Rebecca? Just disappears. Okay. Just this, Isaac's burial is mentioned. The other lady's name Deborah, right? No, no. There's a maid, I know, no, the uh, the one who came with uh, Rebecca. Harolds also mentioned, but uh, Rebecca just disappears into oblivion, you know. And that's what God is talking about. These are things which receive by faith. But you will say, "But you know, he's unjust." Don't worry about vindication. We are trying to be just before God. Because it's the law he says, eye for an eye. My husband is like that, I will give like that. Now that is the law. That is the law. Okay, That is not faith. We are not called to ask to live by faith. We are asked to live by law. We are asked to live by faith. And when you live by faith, you know what? God intervenes. In your darkness, light breaks through. That is what it is called to live by faith, and men also have to be careful. Okay, now don't take this and run with it. Like I said, Joseph had many choices, but he did not choose any of those choices. Okay, why? Because the just shall live or walk by faith, and those who live by faith are just. And verse twenty-five is interesting. We we saw couple of weeks back, and did not know her till she had b- brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Be sober. Oh, I mean, it's not an easy thing. Okay, did not know her. That's for nine months. Married to her. He married her. He took her home, but he won't touch her. Now let me ask you this question. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. His wife, if she has sex with her, what difference does it make to him or to her, or to anybody? Doesn't make any difference to anybody, you know that. But he says, you know what? I will not allow anything to touch the holiness of God because this child is of God. I will not allow anything to even aspiration in my mind or her mind to come. That you no, know? she shouldn't think after a week's oh. Maybe that was only gas. Now I am pregnant. Maybe this is Joseph's child. She should never ever think that child in a womb is of God and by God, and God alone. You know what? I will not allow any doubt in her heart to come. Are you getting the picture? It was not a simple man you're looking at over there. He's so concerned about the glory of God. That she should have no doubts about that, the miraculous conception about this baby. No doubts at all. God did not need a man to birth his son. But he needed a just man to raise one. And he found one. So like we said, we saw peer pressure with Noah. We saw peer pressure with Joseph, the young Joseph. Joseph. And now we see another Joseph. The question is, we are living in a, slowly into a pressure cooker situation. Every, I don't know, it's not a single day goes by without people asking me from Christian circles, asking pastor, should I take the vaccine? Now I always say, pray and seek the face of God. What do you have to do? It's coming. But you need to realize when God, before God intervenes in Joseph's life, before God intervenes in Joseph's life, he chooses mercy over judgment. That is the key. Okay? Before God intervenes in his life, He makes a choice. You see, we are all making choices. We are all making choices and we want God to intervene. We want God to intervene. okay? Because we will see, a lot of people can go through what Joseph went through. But their end is not like Joseph. And we need to ask, why is end peace? What is the difference? It is because when you are facing a situation, the question is, what is the choice you will make? Jesus said, with the measure you measure out. It will be measured back to you. What was the measure he used in this situation? Just mercy and grace and righteousness. Okay, And God intervened into his life. Intervened in his life. You know what? In a similar situation, not similar, there was another situation in between 37 to 50. 14 chapters are there after Joseph is introduced to us in Genesis 37, verse 1. And then he sold. 38 is an incident which is not connected with Joseph. It is with Judah and Tamar. And when Tamar is found pregnant, it is kill her. What did Judah say? Kill her. didn't see mercy. Though he's the guilty one didn't see mercy. And Nathan comes to David and says, there was a rich man and a poor man. And the poor man had a lamb. And the rich man, immediately it is, kill him. But he came to Joseph. Joseph said, put her away secretly. Mm. See, different people in different times. Good people, we are not talking about bad people. We are not talking about bad people. We are talking about good people when they were caught in similar kind of situations, what they chose was judgment according to the law. And beyond the law. You know what Joseph chose? He chose mercy and he chose righteousness. So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Then there is a obedience that comes from faith. Do you believe God? Yes. Do you understand God? No. Will you obey God? Yes. Angel comes in a dream and tells, take that girl, what is born of her is of the Holy Spirit. Did you understand that? No. Even Dr. Richard won't understand though he's a doctor. <laughs> it is not medically explainable. Medical sciences still haven't found the answer to the miraculous conception. So no answer to that. But do you understand that? Oh. But will you obey? Okay. okay. Faith is the substance of things and the evidence of things not seen, not understood. Not seen, there means not understood. You don't understand it. How do you understand if you walk around a wall, the wall will come down? Tell that to Indian soldiers at Galwan. Sare They will get beaten up. Nobody does anything like that. Or tell the person sitting over there. Tell the person sitting in that when the walls are coming down. Now her entire life is dependent upon a crimson rope. A rope is holding the entire wall in, not cementer, not mortar. It's a rope that is holding the entire wall down. How do you explain this? Do you understand? That if you step into the water, the reversal will part. That's not what happens every time I step into the water, I sank. Isn't it true? Do we understand? The question is not whether we understand because we have become very rational, very scientific. Too much education has messed up faith. One of the reasons we don't obey is because we have so much scientific education. Yaxal yes. comes and says, I've got COVID after vaccination, pray for me. Lines are being drawn. Lot of things are happening. What I am telling you is that, do you understand when God says? Imagine God tells you, don't get vaccinated, you will not die. But Lord, all those who did not get vaccinated are dying. At least that is what the news portals say. Do you understand? And what you see is there is a trail of obedience. Every time he sees, he obeys, he obeys, he obeys. And then he disappears. The last time you see him is when Jesus is 12 years old. After that, he is not seen at all. But he is not seen at all. But where do you see Joseph? You see the imprint of Joseph's character in Jesus. Okay, He had two good fathers. He had a heavenly father who was perfect. He had an earthly father who was just and upright. Two good, two good fathers he had. No? God didn't make any accident. Okay? God didn't make any didn't do any accident. And then there is something else yes. as I close. Joseph had authority. You know, when you walk by faith, you have authority. When you walk with God, you have authority. If there's any man who walked on earth with authority, it was Joseph. You know why? Because he had authority over God's own son. That kind of authority was not given to any man. He had more authority than any king on earth. Because he had authority over the king of kings. authority. So as we close, two more verses. I didn't give it to you, but we shall read Psalm 19 and verse 13 and Psalm 84. Psalm 19 and verse 13. Keep your servant also from willful sins. They may not rule over me. Then I will be blameless or I will be upright. I will be upright. And I shall be innocent of great transgression. Okay, he was an upright man. Bright man. One of the things which we need to ask God is, Lord, give me from presumptuous sins. You know, when presumptuous sin happens, is when we don't ponder over our actions. You know, we need to think over if I do this, what are the consequences? Don't look at what are the consequences for you. That is second. What are the consequences for the other person? What are the consequences for the other? If I take this decision, we always think, how will it affect me? That every man thinks. That doesn't make you just. If I take this decision, what happens to the other person? That's what he thought. Okay. That is presumption. One of the ways you presume is that you presume wrong. Because you only put yourself in the picture. You didn't put the other in the picture. Then I shall be innocent of what? Great transgression. That scenario wouldn't have happened. But think about this scenario. The Holy Spirit comes. Mary conceives. Joseph knows. Joseph goes to the community and tells them, this woman is pregnant. They stone her to death. God has to find another woman to conceive now. What is your transgression? You were responsible for destroying the work of God. You killed the mother that God had spoken and the baby died in the womb. Now God has to start. I am not saying that is a possible scenario, but I am saying, think about it. If he had not thought, what would have happened? Great transgression. Psalm 84 and verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Okay. These, these are promises. When you keep you from great transgression. Second thing, it will open doors for great blessings. Okay. See, these are things that will never be taken away. You go into eternity, it will be never taken away from Joseph that Joseph was the earthly father of Jesus for all time will never be taken away. Whatever Jesus called Joseph on earth is what he will call him in heaven to Baba. Right? I mean there's only one man on earth whom he called Baba. That was Joseph. Okay. Now we think about names, right? Everybody is running after a name, right? (laughs) What does the name mean in in eternity? None of us have no our real name. Everybody is going to be given a name over there. That name is according to how we finished our race here. The name we have here and Vijay, Santosh and all are not real names. There is a name that is going to be given there. That name will fit into our character how we finished. Okay. And here God is talking about two things. One, God my heart, Lord, that I don't do things presumptuously. It will protect me from great transgression. Second thing, if I am just. If I am just in my dealing with others. Because that's where we all started, right? Holiness is towards God. Righteousness is with man. And this is not a righteousness that comes from the law. It's a righteousness that comes by faith. Because when we received mercy, we did not receive mercy according to the law. When we received righteousness or justice, it was not according to the law. It was the righteousness of God. So God says, when you deal with others, it should be with the same righteousness. If you go by the law, you will receive the law. If you go by the righteousness of God, that is what you will receive. What is the righteousness of God? What did we receive? We received mercy and we received grace. If I have to receive mercy, and if I have to receive grace, the righteousness of God demands that I extend this both. That's what Joseph extended. You know? And God started speaking to him. And dream after dream, he's being led through every situation. It's a picture. It's a picture. Meaning, what is that? You will go through all kind of terrible situations. You will have systems against you, opposition against you, people to kill you, to destroy you. But God will always make a way through it all for you. Nothing could touch Joseph because God was forewarning him always and made a way out for him always. And truly, you can say what is said in Isaiah, I think, fifty-four, seventy. No weapon that is formed against me will prosper. Weapons are being formed. Whether you like it or not, weapons are being forged in the fires of hell every day against God's people. But no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Every lying tongue that rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn. Why? Because? Yes, my righteousness is of you. This is not a righteousness that comes by the law. If it's a righteousness by the law, the weapons will win over you. If it is a righteousness that is by faith, you can condemn it. The weapons will not work against you. It will all fall to the ground. It will all fail. So when you are talking about righteousness, we are talking about just. Because the just, the righteous shall walk by faith. It is It is like a circle. The just shall walk by faith. And those who walk by faith are just. And that's Romans 14.3. Whatever is not of faith is sin. If you don't walk by faith, you, be, you, your deeds become unrighteous. You walk by faith; all your deeds are righteous. It doesn't matter what the people say; it's righteous in God's eyes. Amen. Imagine what people said. What is this man taking this pregnant woman? But you are righteous before God's eyes. Technically, aren't they right? Yes, they are right. the The gossip is right. Is that your child? No. Why did you take her? So, there's something wrong with you also. But he's righteous. This is not a righteousness that is of law. You will not be vindicated by people who are walking in the law, but you're vindicated by God. Vindicated by God. Okay. Understand how that is, it works. It's a very, that's why Jesus said the way to life is very, very narrow. But it is the way to life. So you cannot choose any other way. There's only one way to, it's very, the gate is straight and the way is very, very narrow. And when Matthew gospel begins, God picks a man who picks that narrow way. Look at that. Broadway was there. Stone her. Give her a bill of divorce. Say she's a blasphemer. That was the Broadway. And then there was this narrow. There was only one tiny little narrow way. And he chose that. He chose that. And God came and says, You know what? I saw your heart. I see your thoughts. And I'm going to vindicate you. You shall be the father of my son. You no. Know? And the whole picture is that. In our life, when we go through systems, we do not a similar thing, but when we go through this, what do you do? How do you do? How do you show justice? Like we keep saying, let us say one of our young girls in the church gets pregnant without getting married. What do you do? What do you do? How do you handle these situations? Judgment, throw her out. That's the usual. Does it work? Does it work? Hmm? Real life situations, what happens? What do you do? How do you extend, uphold the justice of God and show mercy? Justice of God and have mercy. Because not in our church, but in other church, at other places, we have encountered those things and we have to take a very, 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 very clear decision. Where we are trying to uphold the justice of God and try see not to harm, harm, harm that situation. You know, this is not the law. It's not the law. The law always brings death. Remember, Moses brought law. Law always brings, it never brought life. Jesus did not come with law. He came with grace. And he came with truth. And we need to ask the Lord, give me your wisdom, Lord. Took many decisions which was based on the law, and I look back; it has only brought death. Why did death come, Lord? Should not should have brought life? Why did death come? Because grace does not bring death; it brings life. Wherever Jesus went, He brought life into anything that was thrown into Him. You realize He brought life. Does your master pay taxes? That's the law. He asked a question Do kings pay taxes or they live of taxes? They said, Of course they live of taxes. But he says, You know what? Let's do it. Righteousness sake. You know what? Do it, no. You know what he said? Take your fishing rod. Cast the first fish. There's money over there. You know what he did? He uphold justice. Did anybody lose in that bargain? Did he have to take, ask Judas, can he give the money? Nothing. There's no loss there at all. Life came in a situation. Some fish had to cough. They got a coin and they got a fish too. Every situation you look through it, you will see he brings life. And That's what we need to ask Lord. Help. Teach us Lord to bring life. Teach us to bring life. Because the life of God brings life. The law brings death. The purpose of the law is only one thing. We need the law. I'm not saying we don't need the law. The purpose of the law is only one thing, to bring us to Christ. That is the only purpose, to bring us to Christ and cry for mercy. Lord, have mercy. It's the only purpose. And after that, grace and truth takes over. Amen? Let us pray. Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord. We just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to worship you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We have all erred, Lord. Every one of us We erred by the law. But you did not judge us by the law. You extended mercy after mercy after mercy every day. And you showed grace upon grace upon grace, Lord. And you're calling us to be men and women who are just, who are upright, who are righteous, To be like Joseph. And I pray especially for the young ones sitting over here, Lord. That they will receive revelations from God about being upright in their generation. And they will be upright all the days of their life. For you are upright. You are greatly upright. Help us, Lord, help us. For if we live by the law, we will be judged by the law. The law shows no mercy. Law doesn't have a heart. Law doesn't have a soul. It cannot show any mercy. It cannot help anybody. But Lord, I pray, help us to be just men and women. And to be found blameless in our generation. To stand alone as the pressure keeps on increasing. When evil is being called good and good is being called evil. Help us to stand if needed alone, O God. For all the men in the word of God they stood alone. Give us that strength. To stand alone. And yet to show mercy. To build that ark. To leave the door open. For seven more days. For all those who never heard or listened or believed that message. Still in mercy hoping somebody would get in. To be merciful like Joseph. Knowing God would vindicate him one day. Help us, Lord. Come in the whole church into thy hands here, everywhere. Be with us. Go before us, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.